All right, Galatians chapter 5, we're looking at uh, verses 13, 14, and 15. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Now, we spent some time talking about how, uh, you know, he points out that the whole law is fulfilled in, in the idea of simply loving God and loving loving your, your brothers and sisters in Christ and loving your fellow man. Because um, if, if you... If you love God, you're you're not you you don't. It's not that you won't, but you don't want to sin against God. Okay. Uh, if you love if you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, if you love your fellow man, you have no uh, desire to to sin against someone else. Okay. It's it's not that it's not that you won't. It's not that you won't be perfect, but you're not you're not motivated by that. Okay, you're actually motivated to, to do your best to uh, to love people. Okay, and so that that covers a whole wide range of things that you'll do and things that you won't do. One right now, though, we're narrow, narrowly focusing on something that's uh, part of the overall message of here in Galatians that. Uh, one of the ways, we're not going to talk about all the ways, but we're going to talk about this one. One way that you love God and that you love your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you love your fellow man is by telling them the truth. Okay? Because uh, love doesn't lie. Love tells the truth. <clears throat> and of course, we've, we've read about that in 1 John Chapter 3 and chapter 4. First uh, John chapter 3 and chapter 4. Read those again when you have time. John chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35. Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, as, as it pertains to love telling the truth and love being honest and love uh, loving the truth of God's Word, the folks who are upsetting the faith of others here in the Galatian churches are not showing a lot of love, are they? Because they're not speaking honestly with uh, their brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, they're misleading them. Okay? And the... Uh, it, it's one of those situations where you've, you've got a little bit of information and that little bit of information is twisted or it's, or it's used to manipulate. Uh, and in this case... The folks who are upsetting the faith of, of these Galatian churches are using this false teaching 
to, to drive fear into the hearts of some of the believers because it, they're upsetting their faith. They're being told that you are not part of, you are not right with God. Okay, because you're not observant to Judaism. And that is fearful, okay, to the hearts of these Gentile Christians because they're motivated by what? Well, I want to be right with God, so so it's causing panic. It's causing fear. And that is being used to manipulate these people. And fear is a powerful motivator, it's also a powerful manipulator. Because you have people who want to exercise influence and control over another group of people. And that's dangerous. They're not motivated by love. They're motivated by influence and notoriety. And it's all based on telling an outright lie or skewing the truth just enough. And that's really all it takes. That's what the devil did in in the garden. Okay? All he did was create a little bit of doubt. All I got to do is blur the line just a little bit. Or I'll give you this piece of information, or I'll give you this piece of information. That that's dangerous. Okay? Because what has happened is is we've gotten between, or those that are doing this have gotten between the gotten between this one person's soul and God. Okay? But the Bible says that there's only in the Hebrew the Hebrew writer says that there's one mediator between man and God, and that is Jesus Christ. Because what has happened is, it, 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 not only here in, in the first century, but even now, we develop continuing ideas and uh, uh, constructs of ecclesiasticism, where you know I've got to go to the I've got to go to the guru to be enlightened. Okay, I've got to have I've got to have some type of. Um, interpreter or mediator between me and God other than Jesus. And that's false. So, and and when all is necessary is to listen to God's Word. Because unity, listen carefully, unity between brothers and sisters in Christ is based on sound teaching that everyone be like-minded when it comes to the things of God. And there's no there's no reason not to be because we have the written word. In Acts chapter 2, there towards the end of the chapter, In verse 46, it says about the believers that day by day they were continuing 
with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with sincerity of heart. In verse 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. 44, they had all, uh, all who believed were together and had all things in common. In Acts chapter 16, Verse 4, now while they were passing through the cities, this is during Paul's second missionary journey there in Acts chapter 16. Now while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and the elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. So the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. Why were they being strengthened in the faith? Because they were listening to the apostles' teaching. Okay, and they believed it, and they accepted it, okay, and it was being, not only that, but it was being confirmed by the miracles and the signs that were being performed. So loving each other means telling each other the truth, and unity is based upon the truth of God. Uh, Unity is based upon the acceptance of the truth of God's word. Would you agree with that? But that's being undermined here in the churches at Galatia. In James chapter 3 and verse 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, these people in the Galatian that are upsetting the faith of others in the Galatian church are motivated by selfish ambition. Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural. And guess what he says about it? It's demonic. Why is it demonic? Because it is the, the, the exact practices of the prince of demons. What did he do all the way back in the garden? He lied against the truth. Okay? But he did it in such a way as to manipulate And just blur the lines of the truth just a little bit. Okay? For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And then in the next chapter over in James chapter 4, and starting in verse 1, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. Going back to Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 16 
Let's read verses 16 through 18. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, for they are in opposition to one another. So the Spirit and the flesh, they're doing battle, right? So that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. And he goes on and talks about those. And, and we'll cover those later. But what he's talking about is this. Both internal and external struggle between. The Holy Spirit dwelling in the life of the Christian. And the desires of the flesh whatever they may be. We'll talk about those later. And we're going... And when he says that, when he talks about uh, being led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, and he's encouraging them to do that. But before we get into that, what what does that mean to be led by the Holy Spirit? We've talked about how the Holy Spirit, the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit, is the presence of God uh, in the life of the Christian, but... What does it mean to be led by that spirit that's inside of you? How would you how would you articulate that? How would you describe it? Okay. Making the right decisions. And in that decision-making process, you're saying the Holy Spirit is inactive in that decision-making process. And when, when we make the right decisions, it becomes evident, doesn't it? Uh, it? First off, it becomes apparent to us. Okay, And then as, as time goes on, and, and, and as there is a progression in that, it becomes evident to other people. Okay, and so this right decision making—that's what it boils down to. This right decision making then becomes a testimony to the presence of God in in your life to other people. Yes. So, and and that's a good point. It's it's that that's what it comes down to is this decision making. Okay, this choosing between. Uh, Righteousness and unrighteousness. But how is it that the Holy Spirit lends its aid to making those right choices? How's that? But what is he saying? I agree with you. Being led by the Spirit means you're listening to the Spirit. But how do you know that you're hearing the words of the Spirit? The Word. Because our consciousness and the your own spirit of the man that lives inside of you Here's the words of God. 
Okay? The Spirit is not going to say anything that is not in this Word. Why? Because we know that this, that Jesus Christ and the words of Christ are the final revelation from God. Okay? So the Holy, so how do we know that what we are quote unquote hearing is the actual activity of the Holy Spirit in our life? Because it's the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit that is aiding us through the indwelling word. And that word has to be inside of you. Okay? And it's not going to be inside of you if we are scripturally uh, illiterate. To not have God's word inside of you is to limit the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. And it's we have all kinds of technology, right? You can have I mean we got Bibles on our cell phones, we got the scripture of the day and all that kind of stuff, and that's great. But that word better be inside of you. And there's only one way that's gonna happen is if you partake of it. And if you partake of it enough and often enough that it's in your mind and in your heart. What did Paul say in Romans chapter 12? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might understand what what the will of God is, His perfect and pleasing will. What happens happens if you uh, drop your cell phone in the tank? What happens if you, what if somebody takes your Bible away from you? Have you thought about that? It better be in your heart and it better be in your mind. Then there's only one way that happens. Because to, again, to be, to be scripturally illiterate is to limit the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. So, going back to this idea of of what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Okay? Is it possible, listen carefully to what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. Is it possible to be deceived in such a way that you in your own mind come to understand well, God's telling me to do this, or the Holy Spirit led me to do this, or I felt called... This, these are all buzzwords and buzz phrases you hear. You hear it on TV, you hear it out there in the public, you hear it on the, you hear it on the radio, you know. Uh, you hear, I, well, I felt called to do this, or I felt led to do this. You hear people throw that around and bandy about that. But... 
Are you called to do something by God? You know, people say, well, I ended up doing what I do because I was called to do it. Okay? And I'm not, I'm not discounting that wholesale. But, brothers and sisters, I don't have any other different calling than what you have. Okay? There's only one biblical calling, and that is to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do whatsoever I've commanded you. That's your calling. That's my calling. So, having said that, is it possible to... Is it possible for us to be spiritually deluded in such a way as to think that uh, you know, when you hear people say the things like I just said, is it possible then to be um, misled spiritually through ignorance? Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see where I'm going? What did we say earlier? The Holy Spirit is not going to tell you anything different than what's in here. And a lot of times people are hearing something and they mistake that for the voice of God or they mistake it for the, the activity of the Holy Spirit. It's subjective, isn't it? I'm talking about the con I'm, 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 I'm talking about confusing the, the, the testimony of the Spirit. And this is it right here. This is the testimony of the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 says what? The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. What that means is, is the Bible illuminates us to what it means to be a child of God. And if you're hearing something that doesn't jive with this, you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, whatever. Fill in the blank. Yeah, and that is what? That is subjectivism. Part of that comes back to submission. And, and subordinating my will to the will of God. You kind of got to ask yourself, is this something that God wants or is this something I want? And if, if the scale tips more to it's what I want to do as opposed to what God wants me to do, odds are it's not the Spirit. Well, let's build on that, though. Let's build on that. What if what I want to do is a good thing? Do you see where I'm going? Because we, as human beings, we have the, we have the potential for great and noble purposes, right? And, and so what we, sometimes we run ahead and say, well, this is a good thing, so it must be, that must be what I need to be doing. And sometimes we get, we get the priorities out of whack, you know. And, and so we get an idea, and, it's, it, and I'm, not, I'm not discounting it wholesale, but what I'm saying is, is we, we get to, the Word tells us to love one another. 
Okay? So naturally, if you're being motivated by the Holy Spirit and by love for God and love for your fellow man, you're going to be inclined to do, say, and act love in all things that you do. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be some major production. Okay? You know, a lot of times people say, well, you just need to follow your heart. Right? You've, you've heard that. You, you've, you know, and, and that sounds good, right? That sounds like, that sounds like, uh, how could anything be wrong with that? And it sounds good on a Hallmark card. But when you, when you get down to it, we need to be, be certain that what we're being, uh, what our feelings, our emotions, all of these things need to be directed. Our conscience needs to be what? Trained by the Holy Spirit. Yes, and trained by the Word of God. In Numbers chapter 15, in verse 37, the Lord also spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and tell them that they shall make for themselves tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations, and that they shall put on the tassel of each corner of a cord of blue. Do you remember why he told them to do that? It shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord. So as to do them and not follow after your own heart and your own eyes after which you played the harlot, so that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So, the point being, it was important for the people to remember the commandments of the, of the Lord. Now, we don't put tassels on, on our clothes to remember that. We have this. And we have the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? But the idea is the same. Okay? And that is to weigh our thoughts, our motivations, what, quote-unquote, our heart is telling us, or, quote-unquote, what we feel led to do, that always must be compared and laid alongside the Word of God. Okay, does that make sense? Would you agree with that? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says what? There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but in the end it does what? It leads to death. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself. Nor is it in a man who walks to direct his steps. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. This, this is not a kind of spook you a little bit and kind of wake you up a little bit. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. The heart is more deceitful than all else. And is desperately sick. Who can understand it?
Horton in his book, uh, Freed for Freedom Studies in Galatians, says that God's love for us steers us away from a course directed by our feelings as though these are the Spirit's urgings. See, we make that mistake sometimes. I feel like this. I have I have my emotion, you know, but tomorrow those could be totally different. Okay? God, knowing the propensity of man to follow after his own heart into error, has warned us to be directed not by our feelings, not by our own thoughts, but by his word. Have you ever read something in the word, and when you first read it, you thought, I don't feel like that. Do you see what I'm saying? You read something in, in God's word, and you thought, well, that's not how I feel at all about this or about that. But you took another bite of it, and you still thought, that still doesn't, that doesn't, you see what I'm saying, but you kept on and you kept after it until you thought, you know what? This is God's word, and he has the final say-so. And gradually, what happens? You, you, put, you put the inclination, your own inclinations aside... And then you, you embrace the Spirit's teaching. Yeah. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Because let's think about Let me say this right quick. You know, we hear a lot of things every day about what morality should look like or what, what, uh, what propriety would uh, uh, say is, is right. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes we confuse that for thinking, well, that sounds good, and that's a good idea. But it may be in direct contradiction to God's Word. So anyway, those are, these are the things we're talking about. We'll pick up there next time.